I'm Chip Freud, and this is the Artist Spotlight, conversations with contemporary artists based on five simple questions that explore the artist's journey, creativity, and sources of inspiration. Welcome to another episode of the Artist Spotlight podcast. Today, I'm joined by Lindsay Chester. Lindsay works in acrylics, watercolor, and graphite. After a successful career as a fashion designer in New York, Lindsay began her painting journey in 2014. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. As I do on each uh, episode, I always ask the artist, can you tell me a little bit about a project you're currently working on and maybe one you've just recently finished? Um, well, it's interesting that you should ask. My current project is trying to figure out how to do a pop-up shop. And so I'm working on um, getting a point of sale system, working out my booth, working out pricing, working out display. So um, it kind of sprang out of um, a series of watercolors that I've been doing that are based in, based in subjects of downtown Cary and a lot of historic buildings. And I thought that they might be um, a good fit for a pop-up that happens in downtown Cary once a month. So that's my venture, my venture into that whole realm, which is really new for me. Oh, it is an exciting and interesting realm. Um, I've done a few pop-ups, but mostly the, the bigger art festivals, but coming up with that whole portable store environment is uh, got a set of challenges to it. It really is, yeah. <laughs> So with that as our premise um, or primer on you, let's uh, dive into our five questions. And uh, the first one is, what's your earliest memory of making art of any kind? That's, that's a really good one. When um, I was a kid, my, my parents encouraged me in artistic endeavors. And actually my first art was in kindergarten. And my mom framed three pieces of art and actually I have them hanging in my studio now. Um, so she, she believed in letting me pursue whatever I wanted to do. And she saw some kind of a germ of <laughs> some kind of artistic talent. And so um, she framed those and that really impressed me that she thought what I did was good and gave me confidence to go on and continue creating. Oh, what a neat Genesis story. And the fact that you still have the work. Yes, yes. And they're funny. One is like the little old lady with the um, who lived in a shoe. It was an illustration of that, like as a kindergartner in, in crayon, of course. And another was a family illustration. We had a lot of cats and the cats played very large in the picture. So, um, yeah, so I, I kept them and they kind of spur me on even today. Oh, that's neat. The uh, the theme of an early advocate, for lack of a better description, is one that I've heard come up several times with artists that, you know, often it's a parent, but sometimes it's a teacher that is the one who uh, sees their, the glowing embers of something there and begin to fan them a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my mom even um, at one point signed me up for some sort of an oil painting class. And literally I was the littlest person in the room. I was probably in first grade. And I had to borrow a shirt of my dad's to wear as a smock. And even to this day, I wear like a big shirt of my husband's when I paint. That's my smock, right? 
And um, my mom had asked the art teacher, you know, could I sign her up? And they said, if she behaves, if she can, if she could be in here and do this, then she belongs here. And I, I, I do have that painting as well. <laughs> well, that's cool. So a lot of early encouragement. Yeah. So you're currently working across three different media, as I understand it. You know, mm -hmm. what brought you to these and, you know, is there one of them in particular that you're particularly drawn to and why? Um, well, it's funny. In college, I just always considered myself a person that was, uh, I guess, a, a drawer, a drafts person. I don't know what you would call me, but I like to draw with pencil and graphite. Um, and I love drawing the figure. So that's a through point for me. I always um, come back to figure drawing. Um, I like to sketch outdoors. And of course, everybody has a pencil or a pen or something. So of course it's availability, right? Um, and then I like acrylics as paint, a paint medium, um, mainly because the cleanup is easy hmm. and um, it's not toxic. And I, I paint in a, a converted bedroom in my house. I don't, I, I, so, you know, can't really smell up the whole house. And that's why I have not um, really tried oil painting, um, except for when I was really younger and painting at an outside kind of studio. Um, and then as far as the watercolors, I really picked up watercolor during COVID. Um, I joined up with a couple um, of these urban sketcher groups. I'll give a shout out to Cam Raleigh Urban Sketchers. They meet um, on the second Saturday of every month at Cam, uh, the Contemporary Art Museum. And so initially with them, I was drawing, you know, in a sketchbook. And then I would see other people who would add a little bit of color from watercolors. And I said, I want to try that. So um, I got myself a little portable watercolor set and really enjoyed um, the, it was so easy, you know, to take with me, it was so portable. And so recently this past fall, I invested in, you know, much better brushes, much better paper, you know, I did all of the, all of the, you know, where you buy into something that you like and um, start investing in it. And um, I had a lot of success where if I was posting something people would buy it right off of my Instagram page. So I was like, well, then I'll keep doing more of that. So um, I've really found a lot of joy in the watercolors because of the brightness and the intensity and um, the fluidity of drawing that way. And it, I find it a really great way for me to integrate my love of architecture and my love of color in a, in a medium that's very portable. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Actually, in the fourth medium, which wasn't on my um, on your question, was I picked up an iPad. Um, actually, I didn't pick it up. My husband got me an iPad for my birthday um, last fall, and I've been doing a lot of art um, using Procreate, which is a very inexpensive app for your iPad. It's a $10 program, and there's just so much to learn. Like Every time I pick it up, I'm learning new things. Um, so I do both. Um, outdoor landscapes with that and figure drawing um, on the iPad. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you're the, the second iPad artist I've talked to. The other one was not on a, a podcast. Uh, Dr. Uh, Peter Johnson, he had a uh, featured artist at the Cary Gallery of Artists uh, last month, uh, and his art was all done on the iPad. Um, right. Yes, I don't did know see. If it was the, I don't know if it was the same uh, application, but uh, I was just amazed to see what could be done with a, a stylus and an iPad. Yeah, well, the, the really neat thing is it's, you can always undo, 
So there's never a mistake, you know, it's not like when you're painting and, oh, you mix that color and it really looks terrible on your canvas. You can just tap it and make it go away and redo it. So um, it really gives you a lot of options. Yeah, it's a great tool. Very cool. Very cool. So what inspires your art? Where does it come from? Ooh, that's interesting. Um, well, anything that I do that's based in, in Cary um, is really based on my love of this town. I've lived here for 24 years. I'm fascinated with the comings and goings and the history, as well as um, kind of the strange architecture. There's some Queen Anne style houses, but there's also some board and batten things. And, <clears throat> and there's, you know, new architecture that looks old. Um, there's some uh, restaurants and buildings that are iconic because people just love them so much, you know, so, so that's what inspires me, um, you know, locally. But I think when I'm out in the out in the world, wherever that is, um, seeing things a different way, or how you how you can kind of see something that's ordinary and make it beautiful, I think is something that inspires me. So most of my art is from real life. And I think um, what people say is like, everyone can see, but it's an artist who kind of sees the beauty in the everyday and tries to um, translate that or transform that for everyone to, to see it too, I guess is, is what I would say, <laughs> if that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can you give me an example of something recently where you know, something that others might not have seen or seen the way you saw it that you brought to um, life? Well, I did. And actually, it's not as recently, but um, right before COVID, I was actually taking a number of pictures. I was doing a lot of sketching when I would be out at like cafes and restaurants and things like that. And I was taking a lot of pictures as inspiration for paintings or sketches later. And then during COVID, what I did is I painted, um, and of course, we are still during COVID, but you know what I mean, during lockdown, um, I would take these scenes and I would blow them up really big. They were the biggest paintings I ever did. They were like 48 inches wide by 36 inches high. And they were everyday scenes of people that you would kind of take for granted unless you put it up on a wall and painted it. So it would be people sitting down talking on their phones or having a cigarette or talking with their friends or having a beer. And um, I took the color completely out of these paintings and made them uh, in a muted palette. So some of them were in shades of like sepia or burnt umber and others were in um, tones of gray and Prussian blue. Um, another one I combined some greens and purples for the people, but I basically would mute down the palette so it'd have almost a photographic look. And it was just scenes of every day because I felt like sometimes you have to put what you see every day right up in front of you to actually see it. You know, um, and, and so when I was when it was during COVID, we couldn't get together with people. I really liked these paintings that were just filled with people. Yeah. Reminding us what we were missing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, some of them had as many as 20 people, 20 figures in it. So that was its own challenge for me. <laughs> All right. What advice would you give an artist starting out? Um, paint what you love. So don't, don't listen to what other people are thinking you should be doing. You should be finding a subject or finding a media 
that makes you happy first and then worry about whether it makes other people happy. Um, I don't think you can concentrate on if it's going to sell or not until you find your own voice and your own, you know, you feel confident enough in your technique that then you can put it out there for sale. But I think um, first you want to build your own, you know, build your voice and build your skill set. And, and don't be afraid to just go on YouTube or read books and study or find, find a mentor, you know, that you can kind of um, learn from, you know, and never, never be afraid to ask a question. Hmm. Yeah, it can sometimes be intimidating when you're first getting going, I would think, to uh, ask the experts, if you will, of, um, you, know, you don't want to come across, I know this was my situation when I was just beginning my art career, of you don't want to sound like a doofus. Mm. And at the same time, you don't want to um, constantly be comparing yourself to others yeah. because you don't know what their journey was. You could be comparing yourself to someone who's been doing oil painting since they were 15 years old and you've just taken it up two years ago. You know, you're, of course, you're not going to be as good as them, but you've got your own iconography, if you will, or your own style. And, you know, you can only get better by continuing to practice. And, you know, I almost take a yoga approach. It's like they, in yoga, they call everything a practice. I think when you, when you take up a paintbrush or a pencil, um, you're practicing. And each time you do that, you're better than the last time you did, you know. Uh, that's some, some sage advice there. A uh, photographer I follow on social media got into this on a YouTube episode that he had where he was hearing from people, oh, I'm posting and I just, I feel so inadequate compared to, and fill in the blank. Right. And his point was, you can't compare yourselves to the landscape photographers that have been doing it for 40 years. And what you're seeing in their Instagram feed is the best of their best of their best. Uh, you know, so you're seeing maybe one to 5% of the work that they've done. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, versus you that may have only been doing it for months or a few years, of course it's going to be different. So right. you, you can't use that bar. Right. I think that's true of all social media to begin with. I mm. think we've all gotten so conditioned. Um, I mean, to the point where the younger generation is almost their whole life is only a social media moment. <laughs> mm. And I think we all compare ourselves to what people call it like their their perfect moment just like what you were saying and you don't see the 50 pictures that they threw in the trash or the canvases that they gessoed over because they weren't up to snuff you know and um and I have to say sometimes in my feed I post a lot of works in progress um so people are seeing the flubs <laughs> and they are seeing the mistakes but um I think that kind of is a little more real anyway. Mm -hmm. Like people do want to know when that it didn't go perfectly, right? Um, and that's the only way you're going to learn is also by correcting mistakes and by looking at what other people are doing. Um, so yeah, you, you can't compare yourself to others. You can just learn from them, but you, you shouldn't be saying I'm not as good as them or I'll never be as good as them. That's, that's not very helpful. <laughs> kind of self-defeating. Mm -hmm. All righty. The, the last question we wrap up each uh, interview with is what artist should 
folks go out and check out? This could be somebody you just discovered, could be somebody you've long admired, living, dead. Oh my, wow. Well, mostly locally, there's a couple people and I'll just give some shout outs to a couple people that I really admire here locally. Um, one is an impressionist oil painter. Her name is Susan Hecht. She, um, I wouldn't say she's self-taught, but it's not like she was an art major in college and art was always her thing. She just studied and studied and learned and learned and eventually had her own gallery and was teaching others and now has gone on to have great success and be represented several places, not just locally in the Triangle, but in Charleston and other places. And her work is all over the place. And she's right here in Cary. She does a great job. She's very helpful to others who want to learn. Um, another person that I think is really interesting um, is Linda Starr. She's here in Raleigh. Her work is super whimsical, um, kind of in that red grooms kind of mode where it's kind of fantastical and there's lots of people and it's whimsical. So um, I really like her work because it's 180 degrees different than what I do and I admire that. And um, another person I really admire also here in the Triangle um, is Ludmila Tomova. She paints in both oil and watercolor um, and plein air and her work is super colorful, very, has an immediacy about it that I really like, that I wish I could um, bring into my work. Same thing with Susan's too. They both have this very fresh take on their art. So the colors are super clean. The brush strokes are um, minimal, you know, like they don't overwork something. And that's, um, both of their work inspires me to try to um, be a little more, um, patient with what I do and not overwork an area. So I would say those are three people that I admire that are uh, in the local area here. Well, cool. We'll have to definitely go check them out. Uh, and as always, all of these recommendations, I'll have links in the show notes for folks. So it makes it easy to, to, uh, to go explore them. Oh, that's great. And that brings us here to the end. For those interested in learning more about Lindsay's art, you can check out her website at lindsaychestersart.com. And you'll also find her art in various establishments in the area, including the Cotton House uh, in downtown Cary. How about Instagram or Facebook? Uh, can they folks find you out there, Lindsay? Oh, yes. I am Lindsay's Fine Art, and that's Lindsay with an E, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, Lindsay's Fine Art. Same handle for both Facebook and Instagram. I post frequently. A lot of times um, they can see some time lapses of me working. Oh, even better. I love to see the, the process from artists. All righty. Well, that brings us to the close of another episode of the Artist Spotlight. Tune in next time as we put another artist in the Artist Spotlight. Thank you for joining us. This has been the Artist Spotlight with Chip Freund. Find accompanying blog posts at chipfreundphoto.com slash blog. And you may subscribe to our show on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like listening.